factors influencing self-harm thoughts and behaviors for the first year of COVID-19 pandemic in the UK. Longitudinal analysis of 49,324 adults. An article by Elise Paul and Daisy Fancourt. University College London, United Kingdom. The British Journal of Psychiatry, 2022. Background. There is concern that the COVID-19 pandemic and its aftermath will result in excessive suicides by increasing known risk factors such as self-harm. Evidence of how pandemic-related risk factors contribute to changes in these outcomes is lacking. Aims to examine our different COVID-19-related experience of and worries about adversity contribute to changes in self-harm, thoughts and behaviors. Method Data from 49,324 UK adults in the University College London COVID-19 social study were analysed. Fixed effects regressions explored associations between weekly with in-person variation in five categories of adversity experience and adversity worries with changes in self-harm thoughts and behaviours across age groups 18 to 29, 30 to 44, 45 to 59, and 60 plus years. Results. In total, 26.1% and 7.9% of respondents reported self-harm thoughts and behaviors respectively at least once over this study period. The number of adverse experiences was more strongly related to outcomes than the number of worries. The largest specific adversity contributing and decreasing both outcomes was having experienced physical or psychological abuse. Financial worries increased the likelihood of both outcomes in most age groups, and having had COVID-19 increases the likelihood of both outcomes in young 18 to 29 years and middle-aged 45 to 59 years adults. Conclusions Findings suggest that a significant portion of UK adults may be at increased risk for self-harm thoughts and behaviours during the pandemic, giving the likelihood that the economic and social consequences of the pandemic will accumulate. Policymakers can begin adapting evidence-based suicide prevention strategies and other social policies to help mitigate its consequences. Numerous studies have shown that COVID-19 pandemic is having a detrimental impact on population mental health and although not inevitable, there are concerns that suicide rates will subsequently increase. Although other high-income countries have reported either no meaningful change or decrease in suicide rates in the first months of the pandemic, temporary lowered suicide rates have been observed in the early phases of other crises, such as natural disasters and epidemics that were then followed by increases. This pattern has already been observed during COVID-19 pandemic in Japan, where the first five months were marked by 14% reduction in suicides 
followed by a 16% increase in overall suicides, with a 49% increase among children and adolescents, and a 37% increase among females. There are several reasons why suicides may increase once the immediate crisis has passed. First, the COVID-19 pandemic has involved the exacerbation of known risk factors for suicide, such as unemployment, mental health problems, intimate partner violence, and insufficient access to mental health care that may not immediately resolve as the pandemic abates. Second, the cumulative effects of lockdowns, job losses, and uncertainty during the pandemic itself may start to take a toll over time. Third, the International Monetary Fund predicts that the global recession resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic would be the worst since the Great Depression. Our research has consistently identified links between economic recession, large-scale unemployment, and increasing suicide rates. All of these stressful circumstances and life events have the potential to increase risk for suicide through increasing mental health difficulties such as depression, defeat, anxiety, and sense of entrapment. One reason for concern about a potential future increase in suicide death as a result of the pandemic is that there is already evidence that risk factors for death by suicide have been increasing. Thinking about self-harming, suicide, or death, and intentionally damaging or injuring oneself have been widely observed to be risk factors for death by suicide. A number of studies have suggested that prevalence rates for thinking about self-harm or suicide or engaging in self-harming have been higher during the pandemic than previously. Although clinical presentation for self-harm was significantly lower in the early months of COVID-19 pandemic compared with prior trends, this could have been due to fears of contracting COVID-19 in hospitals and not wanting to their burden of the healthcare system. Even pre-pandemic, the majority of individuals who self-harm or consider suicide do not seek help from clinical services. In considering why above-mentioned risk factors for suicide may have increased in the first months of the current pandemic, several studies have identified potential predictors. Financial strain, experiencing physical and psychological abuse and receiving a COVID-19 diagnosis, legal problems, ongoing arguments with a partner, and worries about a life-threatening illness or injury in a family member close friend have been associated with thinking about and carrying out self-harm as a new and exacerbated mental health problems and sufficient access to mental health care. However, studies exploring predictors of self-harm thoughts and behavior have been limited in which predictors they have considered and considering predictors at a single moment in life. As the social and economic circumstances of the pandemic are changing so fast, predictors identified early on in the pandemic may no longer be relevant. So, it's important to have updated information on what is causing people to think about harming themselves and to actually do so as the pandemic continues. 
Finally, it's important to identify which factors are associated over time, not just with an increased overall risk and self-harm thoughts and behaviours, but also with dynamic changes, both increases and decreases. So their modifiable targets to reduce self-harm can become the subject of future interventions. Therefore, the aim of this study is to establish which factors associated with changes over time in thoughts of death or self-harm and self-harm behaviours in a large sample of UK adults across the first 59 weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic. Specifically, we explore the time-varying longitudinal relationships between A. Adverse experiences and B. Worries about adverse experiences on the one hand and changing self-harm thoughts and behaviours on the other and how these associations vary by age. Identifying specific concerns and adversities that are risk factors for self-harm thoughts and behaviours will provide an opportunity for policymakers to address those issues by designing policies to mitigate the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the anticipated upcoming economic recession. Methods Study design in participants Data withdrawn from the University College London COVID-19 Social Study A large panel study of the psychological and social experiences of over 75,000 adults in the UK during the COVID-19 pandemic The study commenced on 21 March 2020 and involves online weekly data collection for the first 22 weeks of the COVID-19 lockdown in the UK, then monthly collection thereafter. Sampling was not random and therefore is not representative of the UK population, but the sample is heterogeneous. More information on sampling methods can be found in supplementary material. The authors assert that all procedures contributing to this war comply with the ethical standards of the relevant national and institutional committees on human experimentation and with the Helsinki Declaration of 1975, as revised in 2008. All procedures involving human participants were approved by the UCL Ethics Committee. Written informed consent was obtained from all participants. As questions asked about adverse experiences and worries about adversity in the previous week, we focus on data collection from 1 April 2020 to 17 May 2021. We then limited our analysis to participants who had taken part on three or more occasions during this period. We further excluded participants who had missing data on any study variable for at least three interviews. This resulted in the final sample of 49,324 participants, totaling 849,452 observations. Outcomes, self-harm, thoughts and behaviours. Self-harm thoughts were measured with an item from the nine-item patient health questionnaire and self-harm behaviours were measured with a similar study-developed item. 
responses to both items were collapsed into presence or absence at each time point. Exposures Adversity experiences Five categories of adversity measured weekly for the first 22 weeks of the study and the monthly to 17 May 2021 were considered. Financial advice day, COVID-19 illness, family friend illness or bereavement, experiencing physical or psychological abuse and not being able to access essential items. Each category of adversity was treated as binary. More detailed description of these measures can be found in the supplementary material. Worries about adversity Worries about adverse experiences were measured in the same time as the adversity measures and selected to correspond to these variables. Each category of worry was operationalized as binary. Financial worries, COVID-19 illness, social and relationship worries, concerns about safety and security, and worries about accessing essentials. See the supplementary material for further description of these measures. Statistical analysis. First, we describe weekly patterns in our outcome. Adversity and worries about adversity variables from 1 April 2020 through 17 May 2021. We then use fixed effects regression to analyze the time-varying associations between changes in both experiences of and worries about adversity and changes in self-harm thoughts and behaviors across these 59 weeks. This approach, individuals serve as their own reference point, which counts for any co-founding associations between time invariant, stable, co-varieties such as socioeconomic status, genetics, personality and history of mental illness between predictors and outcomes. Our analysis consisted of regressing each outcome measure on a the total number of adversity experiences and adversity worries jointly and b individual categories of adversity and worry about adversity for the total sample and then stratified by age. All regression models adjusted for day of week and days since lockdown commenced. Resulting regression coefficients were exponentiated and presented as odds ratios along with 95% confidence intervals. See supplements materials for more detail including the basic model equation. Sensitivity analysis included models that included continuous measures of A. Weekly depression symptoms b. Weekly anxiety symptoms and c. The physical psychological abuse variable separated into physical abuse and psychological abuse. To increase representativeness of the UK general population, data were weighted to the proportions of gender, age, ethnicity, country and education UK. Weights were constructed using the eBalance programming data based on data obtained from the Office of National Statistics. Analysis were conducted using Stata version 16 
for Windows. Results Sample characteristics In the unwanted analytic samples of participants with any charge in self-harm thoughts or self-harm behaviors during the study period, women and individuals with a university degree or higher were overrepresented. In contrast, people from ethnic minority groups and young adults were underrepresented. After writing, these samples reflected population proportions of these demographic characteristics. The average proportions of these samples reporting self-harm thoughts and self-harm behaviors over the first 59 weeks of the pandemic were relatively stable from the beginning of the pandemic to early autumn, but fluctuations were then seen in both outcomes in September and October 2020. The average total number of worries about adversity was consistently about three times higher than actual adversity experiences across the 59 weeks, with fluctuations seen starting in September 2020, when data collection switched from weekly to monthly. Over a quarter of respondents in the total sample reported having self-harm thoughts at least once over the first 59 weeks of the pandemic, and nearly 1 in 10 had self-harmed at least once. There was within individual variation of a time self-harm thoughts and behaviors outcome measures in 11,580 and 3,747 individuals respectively suggesting the fixed facts was a valid approach. Descriptive statistics for predictive and outcome variables for each of these two samples are presented in Supplementary Table 5. Associations between total number of adversities and worries of self-harm thoughts and behaviours. Each additional adverse event experienced was associated with 1.59 times higher odds of self-harm thoughts and each additional adversity was associated with an early two-fold increased likelihood of self-harm behaviors in total sample. Increased likelihood of both outcomes in the total sample was smaller than the total number of worries about adversity than actual adversity experiences. This also applied to age-stratified analysis. The total number of adversity experiences was more strongly associated with both outcomes than adversity worries in each of the four age groups. Associations between individual categories of adversity and worries of self-harm, thoughts and behaviours. When examining individual categories of adversity and adversity worries, Having experienced psychological or physical abuse had the largest associations with both outcomes across all age groups and in total sample. Odds ratios were slightly higher for self-harm behaviors than for self-harm thoughts. Increases in financial adversities and worries, social relationship concerns and concerns about one's safety increased likelihood of later self-harm thoughts in all age groups. 
financial concerns generally had larger magnitudes of association with both outcomes than actual adversity experiences. Having had COVID-19 increased the likelihood of both outcomes in young adults and in adults aged 45 to 59. However, concerns about becoming ill with COVID-19 increased the likelihood of self-harm thoughts only in older adults. Such concerns decreased the likelihood of self-harm thoughts in the total sample, young adults and adults aged 30 to 44. In the younger age groups and in older adults, social and relationship concerns had the second strongest associations with self-harm thoughts after experiencing physical, psychological abuse. In adults aged 45 to 59, the second strongest association with self-harm thoughts after physical, psychological abuse were for financial concerns. In older adults, the second strongest association with self-harm behaviors was for having not been able to access essential items, whereas the second strongest association for having had COVID-19 in adults aged 45 to 59 and young adults and for threats to personal safety in the 30 to 44 age group. Sensitivity Analysis When accounting for anxiety and depression symptoms within models, results were largely similar. Analysis examining physical abuse and psychological abuse as individual adversity experiences showed different patterns of association with the outcomes for each abuse type. Discussion Both experiencing adversities and worrying about adversities were associated with an increased likelihood of self-harm thoughts and actually engaging in self-harm behaviours across the first 59 weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic. These results were found across age groups with strongest associations for the total number of adversity experiences compared with the number of worries about adversities. The proportion of a sample reporting self-harm thoughts and self-harm behaviours at least once over the first year of the pandemic was higher than all the population-based studies conducted in the first few months of the pandemic, when approximately 10% of adults reported suicidal self-harm thoughts and around 1% reported self-harm behaviours. Our findings are however similar to the US study which found that 31% of adults had reported thoughts of suicide self-harm in the past two weeks. Physical, psychological abuse in financial uncertainty and adversity. The largest predictor by far of both thinking about and engaging in self-harm was experiencing physical and psychological abuse and this finding was consistent across all four age groups examined. Sensitivity analysis suggested that physical abuse is making larger contributions than psychological abuse to self-harm behaviors, whereas the size of the associations of both abuse types with self-harm thoughts were more similar. A range of literature outside of pandemic circumstances shows that different forms of abuse, including domestic violence, 
and predictors of self-harm behaviors and suicide. That increases in domestic abuse would occur during stay-at-home orders was anticipated early in the pandemic and has been demonstrated in countries internationally. For example, the number of calls to emergency domestic abuse hotlines in the European Union has increased by 60% by the end of April 2020 and intimate partner violence against women increased by 23% over the first three months in the first lockdown in Spain. Worsening economic circumstances have been identified as one of the causes of this increase in domestic abuse and financial stress was another predictor of self-harm thoughts and behaviours identified by our study and by other research conducted during the current pandemic. Notably, worrying about financial adversity such as losing one's job rather than actually experiencing such an adversity was more consistently associated with self-harm thoughts and behaviours across age groups. They suggest that thus far economic uncertainty rather than actual adversities is having a negative impact on people's mental health and it's possible that these associations may change in magnitude as the economic consequences of the pandemic and recession unfold. Considerable evidence indicates that economic recessions are associated with increases in rates of self-harm and suicide, particularly in the working age population. Risk of both attempted suicide and suicide death is higher for those unemployed over the long term compared with those in short-term unemployment. However, an increase in self-harm and suicides during economic recessions is not inevitable. Lessons learned from prior economic recessions suggest multiple opportunities for how governments can respond with policies to mitigate the mental health impact of the upcoming recession. The increases in suicides that correspond to unemployment rates are not uniform across our countries, but are instead modified by differential investments in social programs to mitigate these effects. For example, following the 2008 financial crisis, an increase of 1% per capita in government spending designed to mitigate the effect of financial hardship was associated with a 0.2% decrease in suicide in Japan. In the three decades leading up to the 2008 recession, every 10 US dollars invested per person on programs aimed to increase chances of gainful employment resulted in a 0.04% decrease in the effect of unemployment and suicides in EU countries. Thus, our findings highlight the potential danger of the economic impact of COVID-19 on self-harm thoughts and behaviours and, as self-harm is an important risk factor for suicide, potentially for suicide too, and suggests the importance of addressing economic concerns among individuals urgently. Age-related differences in associations Although many of our fundings were consistent across age groups, there were some discrepancies. For example, worrying about catching COVID-19 was associated 
which reduced likelihood of having self-harm thoughts and self-harm behaviors in adults aged 30 to 44. But this pattern was reversed in the oldest age group, among whom boys but failing ill were associated with increased likelihood of thoughts of harming themselves or that they would be better of death. This could have been influenced by public health messaging highlighting that older adults are at higher risk than younger adults for dying of the illness. A death that news covered often portrayed as occurring alone and without the ability to say goodbye to loved ones. In contrast, having already had the illness was related to increased likelihood of both outcomes in the total sample. And this remained true in young and middle-aged adults for self-harm thoughts and for self-harm behaviors. It is therefore possible that the disease itself may play a role in increasing risk of self-harm thoughts and behaviors. Whereas those who are particularly worried about falling in with COVID-19 are more protective of their health and less likely to want to harm themselves. Evidence for the former that COVID-19 illness leads to increased risk for mental health problems such as depression, self-harm thoughts and self-harm behaviors has been documented across a range of studies. Strength and limitations. This study has a number of strengths including the use of a large, well-stratified sample on social demographic groups that were weighed in it on the basis of population estimates of core demographics and its longitudinal follow-up with repeated assessments of adversities, worries and self-harm thoughts and behaviours. We also used robust statistical methods to account for unobserved, stable participant characteristics. However, sampling was not random and the data therefore not representative of the general UK population. It's possible that individuals who were experiencing great adversity and were more likely to have self-harm thoughts and behaviours were more likely to participate in the study. Nevertheless, this study did not aim to report prevalence of such experiences, but rather to identify the time-varying relationship between exposures and self-harm thoughts and behaviors. Crucially, this sample was heterogeneous and maintained its heterogeneity over time. There may have been other relevant forms of adversity and worry not captured in the current study, which may have resulted in an overestimation of the adversities and worries we did include Finally, fixed effects regression does not address direction of casualty. Our Lanaband models can be used to follow up fixed effects models to account for this lack of directionality. But because linear estimation is used, we could not utilize this approach as our outcomes were binary. However, although the relationship between worries and self-harm thoughts and behavior may have involved some biodirectionality, there is little evidence to suggest that self-harm thoughts or behaviours increase the likelihood of individuals experiencing adversities. Implications 
Across the COVID-19 pandemic, there are concerns about potential future increases in suicide levels. Their from thoughts and behaviours are important and strong predictors of future suicide risk. So identifying modifiable risk factors for self-harm that can be addressed through public health interventions during the pandemic and beyond is vital. Our findings suggest that increases in self-harm thoughts and behaviours across the first 59 weeks of the pandemic were related to financial uncertainty, physical or psychological abuse, concerns for others, not being able to access essential items and worried about one's personal safety. Suggestions have already been made for how to adapt evidence-based suicide prevention strategies to current the pandemic. For example, it has been recommended that universal interventions to mitigate the impact of poverty and unemployment on suicide risk should be implemented. Our data suggests the importance of following such strategies to try to reduce self-harm thoughts and behaviours that have the potential to drive rising suicide rates over the coming months. The findings here also suggest the need for ongoing surveillance of how these well-established risk factors for suicide and self-harm may be exacerbated by the upcoming recession and as public health measures such as social distancing continue. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter, Pop Breathing.